Welcome to Stuck in the Cry Room. We all know the cry room too well at church, the place we don't want to go. But feel we have to because of our situation. As Catholic families, many parts of our life can feel like a virtual cry room. We're stuck and don't know how to get out. Host Joe Holt and John Cox will discuss these current challenges affecting today's families. And provide practical solutions so you are no longer stuck in the cry room. Welcome to Stuck stuck in the Cry Room. room. (laughs) But you gotta do that better. Welcome to Stuck in the Cry... No, I thought we were doing it again. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Jinx, you owe me a Coke. Oh, I am Joe Holt and I'm joined with John Cox. Yes. And uh, we're happy to be with you today. Don't they know who we are? You keep introducing ourselves every day. Because, you know, some people don't listen from the very beginning. They listen from like today. Like it's oh. the 30th episode today. The thir- we made it half Thir- a year. Three zero. Is like the a- 30th. At- Can you believe that? So 22. It's insane. We'll have 52 weeks and it'll be a whole year. Oh my word. We're going to have to have like a vacation day though. Yeah. I mean, we're like doing this nonstop every single I week. I think we need to have our spouses come in and do it for us. Yeah. Do you oh. think Mandy and Marty could? <laughs> <laughs> Mandy would be great. Be I, I think um, Marty would try, but he's never done anything like this before. That might be very uncomfortable for him. <laughs> <laughs> so I just thought that we needed to keep introducing ourselves. But if you want to start on episode 31 and we don't introduce ourselves, we could do that. Uh, I, you want to try that next week and just not do and it? And then like everyone stops and then subscribing. Be like, Why don't... Like, we don't know who these people They're are. like, who are these who people? Are these people? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode, our 30th episode. Oh, this is part two of the Domestic Church. And we were going to talk specifically more about the corporal works of mercy and how they can help us to be that domestic church. But as always, we would like John to lead us in a prayer. We're John, gonna, lead us in a prayer. I think we're going to do. I think we're going to do a silent meditation today. A silent meditation. Because <laughs> I have nothing to say. <laughs> I'm out of words. So poor Manny and I got an argument this week, and <laughs> and we it's like just painful silence. Anyway, so we, I just sat down and said, "Yeah, I just have nothing left to say." And she looked at me. And she said, "Yeah, me neither." The good news, the good news, we did eventually make up, thank God. But we'll How talk many about, days did that last? I'll let you know next week. We'll do this. Okay. We'll talk about it next week. <laughs> Fighting fair is going to be uh, next week. So, yeah, we'll save that for then. <laughs> okay, uh, let's talk about, okay, prayer, prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you and you praise you for all your gifts, for your mercy, for your love, and for um, having your Son come to us and become one with us through the incarnation. Uh, we ask that we imitate Jesus through the works of mercy, through feeding the poor, through clothing the naked, and all the other works of mercy, that we may see you when we do these works, that we may be generous in doing these works, and especially we may never count the cost of what it does or what it costs us to love another person. Since you, Jesus, never counted the cost of you dying on the cross to save our souls, may we never count the cost of serving and loving others. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
Wonderful. Well, hey. Wonderful. Wow. Wonderful. Kudos. Wonderful. I'm excited Is that to actually like a five share. Star prayer? <laughs> it was five star. Like, are people going to start evaluating my prayers now? <laughs> one star. Here, That's a here one star is prayer. your <laughs> Emmy, your Oscar for your prayer. That's Thank a one you. star prayer. <laughs> Two stars. You can't evaluate put, it like put that. Put it all on Google. <laughs> you know, only Jesus can, right? Only, right. only he can evaluate that. Uh, but hey, I made it safe down from the mountain. Okay. Right? Because we went on that hiking trip. Oh, that's right. How'd it go? There were eight of us that were on the journey. And how many came back? Eight. Okay. <laughs> oh, I got you paused. <laughs> well, oh. Everybody made it up and everybody made it down, but man, it was long. It was 12 miles round trip. I've never done a hike like that. Like this was physically, emotionally exhausting. Uh, you know, I struggle with asthma. And definitely at altitudes, I had to, after each switchback, I had to like stop, recollect my breathing, and then just go to the next plus, switchback. Plus Colorado, half of Colorado's on fire right now anyways. So yeah, you know, that's actually, smoke. it's kind of a very interesting story. Uh, when we yeah. arrived at the campsite the night before, well, there wasn't really a campground that was open. So you just kind of pull over by the trailhead and you put up the tent. Mm -hmm. And so I just looked at the guys and I said, now... If a fire comes, you know, when we're camping tonight, how do we get out? Because, like, you're just one right. road. You take, you, take, you take a right at the exit <laughs> sign, right? In the middle of the mountains, there's an exit sign to your right. Fire extinguisher. Yeah. Call yeah. 911. Obviously, sure obviously, none of those things exist. And so you take this dirt, bumpy, rocky road going all the way to the trailhead. Mm -hmm. And so I was just thinking in my mind, all the aspens, all the trees that we passed, and if a fire came over there, I mean, like, we can't go down because the fire's there. Where are we going to go? And then the guys just paused and they looked around and they're like, is this what it's like to bring a woman on, like, our trip with us? Because <laughs> she's thinking Safety about first. Yeah, all the worst case scenarios and, like, how are we going to get out of this disaster? Um, but so we they, came up with a plan. So are they calling me a woman? Because I would have done the same thing. <laughs> I, I am so... Anxious and paranoid about every little thing that can happen when I'm in the middle of nowhere. I, I think they just haven't hung out with guys with your personality. That's all. Or crazy like me? No, not no. crazy at all. <laughs> so our plan was that we were going to, we would hike over to the river and we would just follow the river. But it took us a while to come up with that plan. <laughs> so it was very cold at night, sleeping in a tent. It was 30 degrees, no campfire because there's, there are fires everywhere and uh, but it but it really was a beautiful experience, and it was nice to have Mass, celebrate Mass with Father C.J. Mast and get to oh. meet his sister. Um, so it was wonderful. Oh, that's great. It was good. I, I feel accomplished because I got it done. Yeah, and the reason why you were able to take this trip was due to the fact that um, you have nothing else to do anymore. Oh, that's not, that's She's not even like, true. She <laughs> has nothing to do anymore, apparently, except go on these hikes with her friends while the rest of us are at work. Well, hold on. Especially as everything's kicking up this year. Things are slowing down for you now, aren't they, Joe? In all fairness, I, okay, just to alert everyone, there's been a little bit of a job transition that has taken place. So, so you're coming to my house Friday, and clean my house? Last, to, yeah. last Friday, um, I left my position at St. Thomas More, and I've been on staff for just over 11 years. It's a long time of serving in the arena of marriage and family life. And arena. Arena. <laughs> I and I'm say the, arena. I love the word arena. <laughs> that, well, there's a lot. I mean, like, it is a lot of stuff, right? No, just think of marriage in itself is oh, an like arena. Oh, like a fighting, like a arena. boxing yeah. arena? 
stadium. <laughs> that, that's not what I meant okay. at all. I just meant all the different offerings that exist with the marriage and family life. So it was, um, you know, I've done that for just over 11 years and an opportunity came available so that I could continue that work just on a bigger scale and being able to work with many Catholic churches um, and even some non-Catholic uh, churches in, in this area to help them build up their marriage enrichment program. So I now do that full time. Um, so I'm not bored. So does this John, mean, does this mean you're getting but, out of the cry room? You're leaving me here in the cry room <laughs> by myself, Joe. Uh, we all have our own cry room. And you and, figured out how to get out. <laughs> no. Okay. No. So still involved at the parish. Happy to continue co-hosting this podcast with you, John. So you're just coming to visit in the cry room down here. Now I go, I visit you in the cry room. <laughs> <laughs> I just visit you down Hello. here. Hello. Hello, what's anybody, going on today? Is anybody there? <laughs> I'm so lonely. You know, now we have more things to share with That's one true. another because we're in different environments, there you right? Go. <laughs> so the conversations will just keep coming. <laughs> so no, I'm glad. I'm glad I'm still here. But no, that doesn't mean that I am bored and I don't have anything to do. Yeah, and we'll and we'll miss you, Joe. I know this place will miss you and a lot Thank of people you. will miss you at this parish and you've done a lot of great work here. Thank um, you. I appreciate that. And hopefully, that. I'm sure saved a lot of souls and marriages even. So I would like to hope so. Yeah. <laughs> that that all that good work went somewhere fruitfully. I know. <laughs> I always didn't just fall on the ground. I you know. know, it actually even if it did bore fruit. It bore fruit for God. God knows what happened. Amen. So Amen. So here we're talking the corporal works of mercy, uh, and I think it was really interesting off the air. You had brought up some comments about. Uh, this dualism, you know, between the spirit and the, oh, yeah. the body. And I think that there's a really nice connection in there and how we could talk about, you know, the value of both, the value of both the spiritual and the corporal works of mercy. What? No. <laughs> what are we doing? Okay. So I'm, I'm my, I have a wonderful team and we're doing registration and kicking up for religious ed this year. So, um, and they're doing a terrific job, but my mind is just going in 10 different places. But anyways, um, yeah, the spiritual and, and corporal works of mercy. And you see in the book of James, James talks about how if you're going to evangelize to someone, you got to feed them, you got to um, feed them, take care of them, you know, provide for the material needs first or else they're not going to want to listen. So when it's, that's one of the, that's what James talks about is, is providing for people's material needs. And these are what we have as known as the corporal works, corporal mean corpus body material, um, corporal works of mercy. And one of the things we need to realize is when we do the corporal works of mercy, it's not just feeding the hungry for the sake of feeding the hungry. It's not just clothing the naked just for the sake of clothing the naked. Okay, you have clothes. That's it. We're done. It's always meant to be to lead to something else or initially conversion. Uh, mm. you know, an atheist can clothe people or feed people or do these good works. Right. And that's a good thing. So what makes our corporal works of mercy different from anyone else is the fact that we're doing it not just for the sake of doing it. We're doing it because one, we see their dignity, them being made in the image and likeness of God. And then two, recognizing that or having them recognize, I should say, that they are made in the image and likeness of God. And yet God has a plan for them and that God loves them, and to bring them into a closer relationship with God is the goal. So that's that's why we call these definitely the corporal works of mercy, but it should always lead to a deeper spiritual reality. It should lead to the spiritual works of mercy. 
And the reason why we also have these corporal works of mercy is because they're very tangible. Like feeding the hungry is pretty tangible. Clothing the naked. Um, I always bring up those two. I should probably mention the other ones. <laughs> and I think as parents, we can relate to those even <laughs> just a little bit more. I know. But, I, but you had said something off the air that I thought was beautiful. Um, we can't evangelize or begin to evangelize to anyone unless we can provide for their needs. Right. And so if... if and it's both and. It's right. not just providing for the needs or evangelizing. It's always both and. Right. Right. So let's go through these as we did with the spiritual works of mercy sure. and have some conversations about it. Okay. Feed the hungry. I know you referenced it already a couple yeah. of times, <laughs> two times actually. Yeah. <laughs> not keeping count, just saying. Yeah. Uh, you know, I remember when I was leading our family catechesis program here at mm-hmm. the church, mm-hmm. when a beautiful, a beautiful thing that families were able to participate in was the sandwich brigade. Sandwich Brigade. Yeah. So the Sandwich Brigade was that all the families um, in the program could sign up uh, Mm -hmm. for a given Sunday to bring in sack lunches for the homeless. Oh, wow. And we would have, gosh, anywhere from two to 400 lunches that were brought in on a Sunday. And then we had particular families that would volunteer to drive them up to the Samaritan house. Oh, that's wonderful. And to give them out. And what was really cool about the experience is the whole family got involved and creating these lunches also the kids would decorate the bags would put like messages on the bags mm-hmm. for the for those who received them maybe even little notes mm-hmm. so it was nourishment for them to be able to provide you know for the basic needs of nourishment but also just to put a smile on their face yeah. and to know that people care for them they might be in a very difficult place in their life uh, you know, we don't know and we can't make assumptions on why some people are homeless and what leads them there. It doesn't really matter. Right. Um, even if if it, even if it's their own undoing, it doesn't right. matter. Um, and that's one of the other things, too. We talk about feeding the homeless and stuff and, and helping the homeless. That's kind of like the, the go-to with the corporal works of mercy. But one of the things we need to do, and this will be an example of what I was talking about earlier or referring to earlier, is that one of the things we should do when we are helping the homeless is learn their names. Um, mm. Give them, I mean, I know, I know the whole COVID thing, people are whatever, have all different opinions, but like, I just remember, uh, you know, to be a homeless guy on the side of the road, you know how we have the panhandlers and, mm-hmm. you know, Mandy would give him $20. So one of us would give him $20 so we had cash in our pocket and Mandy would, or not, or myself would just ask for their name and we pray for them and have a conversation with them if we could at the light. But I just remember Mandy just holding this one guy's hand. Like, and mm-hmm. sometimes that's what they really need is just to be touched, you know, mm-hmm. just to, just to feel human again and not just right. some, something thrown on the side of the street. Um, that's what we talk about. The works of mercy is that it's not just feeding them. Like, and that's, that's the key that there's a personal connection there. Um, it's great to give money to organizations. And I definitely would recommend that because at least you know where the money's going. You can follow up with that, but then it kind of creates a separation of, of the personal aspect. Um, you know, you're giving money to an organization. It's not the same as giving money to that person who's on the side of the street or clothing him or buying him a meal. Like there are times I had no cash. I had whatever time I said, let's go have a meal. We'd have a conversation. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that conversation probably meant more than a meal itself to that person at times. Right. I, and last week you were talking about the importance of modeling this, you know, I think the same thing comes into 
question here with the Corporal Works of Mercy. It's not just a matter of telling your kids, go do this or go do that or mm-hmm. go ask for their name. You're actually demonstrating it yeah. with your wife yeah. and in front of your children so that they can see what mm-hmm. you are doing and can hopefully practice that as well. Yeah. Um, whether yeah, we, with their friends or as they grow up. Right. And we did have one crazy guy come up to the car and step on the car. We had to take off. <laughs> he did what? He was beating on the car? <laughs> Some, that's a long <laughs> I just never forget this. I think like Josh threw like a piece of paper out the window or something like that. And this, this is up in Longmont and this crazy guy just, we're on the street on a, like a main road in, in Longmont, it's a small road, but and we're stopped at a light and this guy starts to be in the window like yelling at Josh or whatever because he threw a Kid piece. Paper. Yeah, a little piece of paper or something. Now, hold on. Let, let me finish. So I'm driving. I don't know what's going on. This guy is like banging on the window in the back. Manny gets so mad. She opens the door and she has a cake in her lap. We just somehow got the cake from the church. <laughs> so a giant like sheet cake in her lap. And she's like trying to throw it at me and get out and beat this guy up. Okay, but she was strapped to the seatbelt. Mama belt. bear. Mama bear. <laughs> she's strapped to the seatbelt. She, <laughs> she couldn't get out. Get out. <laughs> she's looking at me like, why won't you do anything? I'm like, I'm, I'm just going to drive off. <laughs> but if you want to go outside. And <laughs> Did she actually no, get out? No, she never got out. Oh, because she couldn't get yeah. out from the seatbelt. Oh, my gosh. Well, but if you think but about okay, it. Okay, so let me just specify oh. that was not a work of mercy. Uh, <laughs> So, I, I was, and that's not, that was like one time. Well, I was yeah. just thinking, I mean, first of all, we're not, we're unsure of his mental capacity. Right. right? He was. But really, you know, he, this is like his home. Like yeah. living outside is his home. Mm-hmm. So it's like me walking into your house and like throwing paper on the ground. I don't no, know. This, I just this, wonder. This, this was a whole different story. Like he was in the newspaper, right? People know about this guy wandering oh. around and oh. we weren't the only ones he was. Okay. So I'm being kind of negative. I should not be negative for this. <laughs> you know what? This is a memory yeah. that is in your mind and it will never be forgotten. No, not with my kids either. <laughs> but despite that, look yeah. how many times that you and Mandy still continue. Oh, of course. To give. Yeah. And, and, like, and to learn their names and to pray for them. Exactly. Not, so n- that's never important. Stopped. Um, yeah, like Christ in the city would be a great example. Absolutely. Uh, There's so many different ways to do that. And each church maybe has a, their own ministry where people donate food and others right. walk around delivering it to the homeless or to the ministers of the homeless. Right. Even that, that's right. just a beautiful thing. But that that was the key. I mean, we've mm-hmm. donated to Christ in the city, but it's not the same as being out there mm-hmm. on the common. Uh, Josh and I went before this whole COVID thing hit and we went out a couple of times and it was great and, and just praying with them and, that was the other beautiful thing too. Like, uh, you know, we had one section for the feeding them like, okay, well, anyone can feed them. Anyone can do this. I'm like, well, I'll pray with them and here. And you know, I just prayed with them and just heard their stories and that's it. Just having that personal connection again with them. So that's, that's the more, I want to keep this on a positive note. <laughs> and, and I get the positiveness. We're good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, shelter the homeless. That would be the next one to mm-hmm. talk about. That's building forts with your kids. <laughs> I think you should build a fort with your kid. And uh, gosh, there are so many different ways to to uh, to model this in the home. Mm-hmm. Whether it's um, it's taking care of your neighbor's home, um, you know, offering assistance. I know our youth ministry is going to mm-hmm. be doing that yes, in the next couple great. of weeks, mm-hmm. and they're getting families to donate their time to go to the elderly population of our parish community yeah. to go and help them out. Yeah. Um, that is beautiful to be able to do that. Also consider being a foster parent. Yeah. Which I, takes God, a lot of strength. Especially those, yeah, who, those people who adopt. I mean, that's a great work of mercy. And um, 
Yeah, I mean, I look at the McGarrities, Jeff and his wife. Mm-hmm. Sonia McGarrity. Yeah, and yeah. Sonia, Jeff and Sonia. And um, I mean, gosh, like they've adopted several children with Down syndrome. I mean, that is a, an amazing, amazing mm-hmm. work of mercy. And open adoptions too. They keep yeah. the, all the families involved yeah. in, in the upbringing of their children, which is such a beautiful extension. These just yeah. olive branches that stretch out, yeah. which is wonderful. Um, you know, one thing that I've always wanted to do was Habitat for Humanity. Or like, you know, building a home yeah. for the, for, you know, a worthy family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that would be an awesome thing to do. They put those up pretty fast, I think, like over a couple of months. I don't know why they can build my home that fast. You know, that could. Well, who's building the home? Like people like you are building the <laughs> home. It might take a while. No, they, they actually get construction companies, yeah, know, you know, to it. come in and to, did you participate in that before? No, I've... no, you never did that. Oh, I think that would be a lot of fun to do that, mm-hmm. um, you know, building homes. So different ways to kind of shelter, uh, provide the, uh, you know, the refuge, yeah. I guess, for, for all these families or yeah. not even families, even individuals, um, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, clothe the naked. So when your child's streaking across the, <laughs> the living room. <laughs> when you are sitting there doing your 10th load of laundry on a weekend, you're like clothing, I'm clothing the naked. I'm clothing the naked. Oh, so I remember, this, I remember this too. I remember a couple of years ago, I think Pope Francis uh, offered an indulgence. I'm plenty of indulgence. Really? Yeah. I think it was the year of mercy. I remember this. Remember the year of mercy a couple of years <sighs> yes, ago? Yes, I do. So if you did a work of mercy, whether it was spiritual or corporal, you would get a plenary indulgence or, you know, of course you had the other things, confession and uh, mass and all I, the other stipulations, but you did a corporal work of mercy, you get a plenary indulgence. I remember this. I remember putting this on Facebook. Basically I, with all the laundry we're doing, we're letting all the souls of purgatory out of purgatory because we're doing so much laundry and if every... <laughs> piece of laundry is a work of mercy all the souls of purgatory are being released from all that mercy of doing that laundry i think i swore i think we emptied purgatory that that year helping our kids well i and clothing I, them does, and feeding them and i don't yeah. want to make the assumption everyone knows what the indulgence is the plenary indulgence is do the, you want to briefly explain what that is briefly um in its brief sense uh so to receive obviously a plenary indulgence is to get out of purgatory. So all your purgatory time is gone. In order to do that, there are stipulations involved. One, do some kind of act of mercy, corporal or spiritual work, or at least that was the year of mercy. Or and there's there's actually a book on indulgences that talks about what you can do. So some examples would be uh, praying the rosary as a family. Mm-hmm. And uh, another example, stations of the cross during Lent, things like this. And you can look it up online on different websites. Okay. But for every plenary indulgence, it's some kind of act or prayer. And then what's always included is a uh, mass with that intention for the indulgence and also confession. And this is the kicker here, detachment from venial sin. So, yeah. Uh, what we mean by detachment is you know desire to sin. So there's no sense of maliciousness. Got it. Um, so if you do those things, you or that our person in purgatory can receive a plenary indulgence. That being said, with all the clothes we were doing, all those acts of mercy... <laughs> And going to mass and confession. <laughs> I hope, I hope through the mercy of God that a lot of souls from purgatory were released that year. I, I pray for that as well. Yeah. Well, another thing that families can do uh, with clothing the naked is going through all of the clothes. 
yeah. that you have, things that you don't fit in anymore. Kind of like when I dropped off those five, I gave you guys five bags. Saying my kids are naked? Clothes. Saying I'll no. clothe my own kids, No, I, I mean, saying? that was a corporal work of mercy <laughs> that my family shared with you. We went through our closet, you know, for your younger children. And, and they, did, then my did they girls, go through those bags? My girls are fashionistas now. They are so <laughs> cool and stylish because of... Your older girls' clothes. Josh, unfortunately, he's, yeah. Well, I think that there was some name brand clothes in there for, for Josh. Josh. There okay. was a couple in there. There was more girl stuff than guys, yeah, of course. for sure. Yeah. Uh, but Guys anyway. don't care. They just. No, they really don't. See, I think that's one of the difficult well, things, too, is is we want to be careful between clothing people and, and donating things mm. versus just getting rid of our junk. Uh, Are you saying I was getting rid of my junk? Were you? No. <laughs> Look me in the Why eye, Why is Jeff. this like turning against me? <laughs> no, it's fine. Actually, no. No, like I said, they're actually very fashionable now, so I actually we do appreciate it. But I, that's one of the... But let's, let's be honest, Joe. I mean, how many yeah. times do we give our, clean our closet? We don't We don't take our, the best clothes to Goodwill. We take the stuff we don't want. And yet we see all throughout Scripture, what does Jesus always ask us to give? The best. Yeah. You know, the first. that The best should be donated and given first. But we don't do that. And so one of the things we should always be cognizant of or aware of is you know if we're donating donating clothes are we just trying to get rid of them and maybe we should throw them away and just be honest with ourselves and saying yeah this is just well it, they can always be put to good use uh, you yeah. know I, I think that's it'd be more important to share that and give that to others than it would be to throw it away i agree but i can tell you that there were some items of clothing mm-hmm. that my daughters my daughters like to hold on to physical memories Right. Really? So it's like my favorite shirt, my favorite right. pajamas, my right. favorite shoes. That, I don't know. I understand. And, and, and they want to save that. And I'm like, you know what? Let's not save that. Right. That's a great memory. Let's now share that with other people. Why don't you donate that, that which you love so much? So my daughters have memories of your daughter's memories. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But we don't know which ones and I will never tell so you. So if they start talking to me about certain <laughs> no. things, I'm like that, you never did that. I'm like, oh, it's Joe's kids. Visit the sick. Visit the sick. You know, especially during COVID, right? And all of uh, these past six, seven mm-hmm. months, I think yeah. that we've been experiencing this. Um, you know, what ways are you as a family trying to reach out to those that are sick and homebound? What about the individuals who um, are elderly or their their immune system is compromised and they don't feel that they can enjoy or experience yeah. life to the fullest like they used to? I know. Oh, I, out of, Joni, yeah. our, our gift shop manager, she's amazing. So she would send me a, on all sorts of um, tasks trips to help people. So she, I'd go to her office. She's like, Hey John, I got something for you. And she'd give me whatever it was. And then I have to deliver it to the homebound or these people. And I think that's oh, really, like, yeah, she's, didn't know that. especially when we started during Lent with the fish fry before everything shut down. Um, but she was great about that. And she's definitely a wonderful gift of making sure people's needs in this, in this parish are met, especially particularly the homebound and those who are alienated and those who can't participate. So um, I have to give very much kudos to her and all her effort and, and desires to, to help them. You know, I think about all of um, the individuals in nursing homes right now. Mm-hmm. That has to be so hard. Yeah. I bet it feels like a prison to them in many ways because there's so many restrictions on them being able to go anywhere mm-hmm. and when visitors can come and you have to schedule ahead of time. And if there is a half hour window, yeah. then you could visit your family member. Yeah. That's really hard, it you is. know, because they miss connecting with all of us 
outside of those walls. So I think it'd be great for a family to be able to contact a nursing home and just say, hey, we want to be able to give right. somehow and, and, and to help your residents. What is it that we can do for you? Yeah. Don't make an assumption. Just ask them, what can we do for you? I know we used to have little concerts and performances where we'd write cards and, mm-hmm. or bring goodies in for your residents. Maybe we can't do that anymore, but what can we do? Yeah. No, my mom's in a She's not in quite a nursing home, but it's, it's a assisted place, living. Assisted living. Yeah. So and it is hard. She she's very lonely. She's a very social person, mm. and you know it has been hard for her for for this whole COVID situation. Like she loves to meet and mingle with people and have fun. Right. And, um, and yeah. I think that there might be some people in your parish community that need some driving assistance as well. Mm-hmm. Just trying to get to some of those crucial appointments. Doctor's appointments. Yeah, that they need to, or treatment facilities. I mean, think about all of the individuals that are going through cancer treatments right, right now. Right. I mean, they already have compromised immune systems, but they right. need to get to the doctor right. for chemo right. and, and radiation. And that's the hard part with the whole COVID situation. Right. People, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, use prudence and, and see what those spirits guiding you. Yeah. Um, um, you know, we used to visit the hospital. What about uh, if you are a Eucharistic minister? And, you know, if there is there a way that you can still get to the hospital? Well, I don't know. I, that's that's one of the questions that's coming up yeah. in a lot of parishes. A lot of, a lot of EMs are unable to go to hospitals because of the whole COVID mm. situation. So this is why you always have the, the spiritual and the corporal. I think a lot of times people think, well, if I can't do the corporal, then I can't do anything. Mm-hmm. And then we always undervalue the spiritual works because it doesn't get the results we want. Like if you feed the poor or something, like instantly you're like, Hey, I did something good. I, I mm-hmm. helped this person out or I sheltered this person or whatever mm-hmm. it is. So it's like an instant result. Mm-hmm. But when you're doing the spiritual works of mercy, it's a little bit more difficult because you may not feel our instant result. Right. And we undervalue it and we feel like, well, I yeah. didn't get, cause you, you do, like, you do kind of feel good about yourself if you did a good deed or a work of mercy. Well, I think all, well, that's kind of how you feel working for the church. Sometimes you can't many times see the, you know, the immediate yeah. effect or right. the fruit of your work. You got to think long-term, Yeah, which is the salvation of souls. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for the reminder. Yeah. Just a reminder that. Mm, I'll remember that. Or my mm. own soul. Okay. <laughs> Visit the imprisoned. So Dick does that. We have an amazing staff. Like I'm oh, talking about all these amazing. Gosh, I know the way that they stretch beyond their yeah. own We're pretty role. pathetic, you and I. We're just sitting here on a podcast. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not pathetic. <laughs> I said we. I didn't say you. I said I we. I know, but just speak for yourself. I'm just, <laughs> no, I'm just teasing you. No, we are blessed. There are so many individuals, not only on our staff, but in our community that yeah. just reach beyond themselves and really model the domestic church in a beautiful way for like their families, for all those that they come in contact with because when we do all these great works, yeah. people can connect closer to Jesus Christ. Right. And that's what we want them to do. Yeah. So I think that's a great thing. But visit the imprisoned. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously this involves a lot of uh, reaching out into prisoners. But, you know, there's something that we did as a family. Um, and it's coming up around Christmas time, which is the angel tree. Mm-hmm. And Dick helped to facilitate that here for our community. But as we're starting to think ahead about Christmas time, maybe there's a way um, in your community that you can help out with this. And this is to buy gifts for children mm-hmm. whose parents are incarcerated. Yeah. And um, and they think the gifts are coming from their parents. Yeah. And I think that's just a beautiful reminder to them that, you know, their parents do care. Their parents are there for them, even though they're, you know, they're not able to get to the store to do those things. Right. Let us try to 
be that vehicle for them no, to know. allow that to take place. But um, also you can kind of look at it from the standpoint of um, are there any legislation or bills, you know, we're coming up to election time here in the next couple of months. And, you know, what can you as a family do to be able to support those people who want to help the incarcerated? Yeah. I, um, what was I going to say? And, and praying for families of inmates. You know, when yeah. you say a oh. family rosary. Yeah, praying for soul. And, and, and praying. One, one, go ahead, go see what you're going to say. No, I was going to say, like, if you had an intention for praying the rosary with your family, yeah. maybe the rosary this week could be about the families of yeah. those who are incarcerated. No, but also finding what they need. I'll, I'll give you an example. I had, I don't know how, but uh, I knew a person. Um, he went through a lot in his life. He was in Desert Storm. Oh, well, yeah. he's, he's sure. old, not, he was in the Middle East and sure. um, brought back a lot of baggage. And um, I just remember meeting him for the first time in that, in that conversation right then and there. Like he immediately went to confession. So I brought him over to the pastor and the pastor heard his confession. And this is like 20 years. And just this man was having a huge conversion. It was great. Um, dealing Again, dealing with his past. And long story short, I don't know what happened, but he ended up in prison. Um, something big. Uh, yeah. and he had a family of, I think a young wife and three, three young kids. And, mm. you know, I knew him, he obviously had his struggles, but he was always trying to do the right thing. But he obviously he did something really bad. And I remember this was down in Texas and all of a sudden I'm living in Longmont in Colorado and I get a letter from him from Did you? prison. Oh. And I was like, well, what do you need? And so I sent him a uh, symbol on, we had the symbol on DVD series and so I sent him that and kind of wrote a few letters. And now I feel bad because I should have stayed in touch with him. But it was great. Like all the DVDs, all the Catholic stuff I had, because now everything's going online. Wow. I sent it to him. So, you know, don't think like you actually have to be there. You can send them stuff, Bibles. I mean, how many prisoners would love to have Bibles oh and Bible yes. studies or catechisms? or? Well, and you're empowering them to be disciples. Exactly. In the prison. Yeah. Which is amazing. So, so find out, yeah. like talk to Dick Rapp if you want to do something and... I'm sure he'll let you know if what prisoners need and stuff, and he'll be happy to help you out. So, so now the, all these staff members can get all these phone calls because <laughs> we're singing our praises. Uh, give to the poor. Okay, we just kind of yeah, we just talked about that, haven't we? Yeah, we have about you know donating money. Yeah. If if your children ever want to, I mean, maybe you want to do some type like of a, a fundraiser or a drive or a garage sale, but instead of keeping that money for yourself, you're right. going to take all that money and just give it to a cause. Yeah which is really beautiful. So it's a, it's a very easy way. I think, Oh, a corporal work that we're most familiar with, right. I think. Right. Um, and, and bury the dead, bury the dead. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. That is a big one. Actually, it was interesting. I was just reading Tobit. Oh yeah. The book of Tobit. And that's one of the things he was very well did a lot of was burying the dead, especially those who were, um, outcasts i think there were fellow jews at the time and, and the king i can't remember the king's name but basically you know all the jews are being killed and he had to move to nineveh and uh so he would secretly in, in darkness bury the dead his fellow fellow brethren so to speak and uh he would do that and it got him in trouble even so mm-hmm. i think that's one of the interesting things i found out reading it was like for us we take it for granted burying right. the dead. like yeah well duh of course you could bury the dead it's yeah a health hazard but that's only been maybe in the last several centuries. But there are so many ways as a family tangibly that you can practice this because it's not just about 
going to the wake and going to those funerals and celebrating, you know, those lives. But it's also what my fondest memories as a child that I had was my family would drive up. I grew up outside of Chicago. Mm-hmm. We would drive into the city, um, go to this, the family cemetery that we had, mm-hmm. and we would actually clear the tombstones oh, and like nice. the grass area, yeah. like around that's a great idea. the graves. Mm-hmm. And we would, my mom would make these like silk flower arrangements and kind of put them on the oh. grave sites. And we would do that every year. And that was a beautiful thing. I just, I remember that I really enjoyed when we made those trips. Um, and so like, that's a very simple thing that you can do right now. You can even go to the cemetery and help to clear and take care of tombstones that aren't even your family. Yeah just to care for others. Maybe they have family members that haven't visited their, their grave site. Yeah. And that's something that you can do. Um, there's also ministries that provide for funerals for individuals who can't afford them Yeah, for oh, the family wonderful. can't afford it. So if you can identify what those ministries are and your family can donate money to those causes, you can help a family to be able to afford yeah. a funeral and i know in this archdiocese as well we even have a i think a service once a month for uh, moms who have miscarried yeah because uh, that's a very traumatic experience and right. um, it helps a lot of parents and families uh, yeah. handle or deal with the the sadness of miscarrying yeah you know and offering some daily prayers for those with terminal illness those have recently just died um so there's so many different ways sending mass cards right I didn't know about mass cards until I became a staff member at the church. <laughs> I don't know if everybody else knows about this, but you can go to a church and um, you give a goodwill offering and you can have a mass said right. with the intention of right. whatever you desire, whether that is a particular family member. And I know that especially when we have funerals here at the church, mm-hmm. that's a common thing, you know, um, People who attend the funeral will come down and will order a mass card right. and give it to the family and say, I, I had a mass that's being said specifically for your relative or, yeah. um, but I didn't know about that. So I think that's a nice thing that people can do as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have well, any, what about, other, what about you pet goldfish? Uh, <laughs> I don't see anything <laughs> no. about the animals, but you know. That's another conversation. I don't even want to go into there. <laughs> That's a Facebook storm. Um, but I think just showing our children yeah. how to model, how to appreciate, how to care for the dead, um, how to pray for the dead. Right. And pray for their soul. Yeah. And I, it's, I'm saying this right now. Parents teach your children about the dead in purgatory right. because at some point you and I, all of us are going to be deceased and as I've seen those who are retired and stuff, many of their children have left their faith and they're worried. One, they want their child to come back to the faith. That's the most important thing, thing to them. But also, and this is what I think about often now as I'm getting older is I hope my children pray for me. Like if they leave their faith mm-hmm. and I'm in purgatory, I'm not going to have anyone yeah. praying for me. Yeah. So it's so important to teach your children about purgatory and not to be afraid of death, not to desire it but i'm just saying just not to be afraid of it and it's it's part of life and that we do pray for the dead and if they're in the habit of praying for the dead then when we get older and we pass away you know my hope is my children will be praying for me because i am going to need a lot of prayers my biggest fear at my funeral is that they're going to think of a great guy which i doubt that's going to happen but (laughs) (laughs) my biggest fear is that they'd say well let's celebrate his life i'm like no don't celebrate my life 
pray for me. I'm in purgatory. Pray, do the rosaries, do the masses, do all that stuff. I don't care what you think about me in this life. That I'm dead. It doesn't matter to me anymore. Yeah, now I've already moved on. I so moved like, on. help me there. Yeah, help me there. <laughs> and I think that's why a lot of people have misconceptions yeah. about funerals. It's like, oh, it's a celebration of life, which it's not wrong to have that yeah, perspective it, at the um, reception. But the, the purpose of the rosary in the evening, the purpose of the um, mass funeral, all that stuff, like Eucharist, all that is not for the people in the congregation. It's for the person who just passed away. Right. So I think that's one of the things that people misunderstand about funerals. Now, if people want to have a celebration uh, for the family at, at somewhere else, I think that's a wonderful thing. But the sacramental side of things, it's really for that person who just passed away and for them to get out of purgatory as quickly as possible so they can pray for us and they can pray for us in purgatory um, and be with God in heaven. So. Yeah, that's a great reminder to us, definitely, mm -hmm. as we're looking forward in those opportunities. So, uh, well, thank you all so much for listening to our episode. We hope that uh, you can take some of these little nuggets and implement them into your family as you are the domestic church. Um, so go forth. And and visit the imprisoned. <laughs> but see, I, okay, so I was thinking about this. Like, if you put your, I have to ask this question. <laughs> if, if you put your child in time out... And you put them in their room and you go to visit them. Does that count? No, John, no. that does not <laughs> count. Everybody have a great week. God bless you all. <laughs>